Girl Daily podcast, written by Stephanie Bond, narrated by Tegan Ashton Cohan, produced by Propeller Sound Studios. November 1st, Wednesday. I was leaving the gym having successfully scurried past the girl at the counter in my cleaning woman garb without being recognized when I heard Charlie Graham's voice behind me. Hi, Della. Wait up. It wasn't that I didn't want to talk to him, but I was in a hurry, had skipped my own workout so I could get to the hospital. And I really didn't feel like talking, had been in a state of near tears since the previous evening. Hi, he said, jogging up next to me. Are you ignoring me? I glanced over my shoulder to see the girl at the counter eyeing us, then kept walking. Sort of. I was told not to fraternize with members. He made a face. Screw that. I know, but I need this gig. And on my temp jobs, I go by May. You're going to get me in trouble. He winced. Sorry. Let's just get out of here. When we reached the sidewalk, I slowed my pace. Charlie wore dark jeans and a plaid shirt and smelled of some earthy scented soap. I was dressed for a late night comedy skit and reeked of toilet water and not the bottled kind my grandmother used. You look tired, he offered. Thanks for the confirmation. I was at Piedmont Hospital all night. Dressed as Heidi, braids and all. Casey, a.k.a. Marilyn Monroe, had clambered with me alongside Anthony, a pale and listless Elton John on a rolling gurney. Halloween night at the ER was an interesting place. How's your friend Anthony doing? Charlie had a vested interest, considering Anthony had collapsed at a costume party at his restaurant. He's conscious and stable, last I heard. I'm on my way back there now. Can I give you a ride? I remembered him steadying me the night before when my legs had threatened to give way. I appreciated the support, but I didn't want to get used to it. Not from this man. That's okay. I'll take the train. You can take the train back. Let me drop you off before I go to the restaurant. It'll save you some time. And it'll make me feel better. To my mortification, tears welled in my eyes at the unexpected gesture. My fiancé, Kyle, was still in Los Angeles, and I was feeling very alone in the wake of Anthony's medical crisis. That would be... nice. Hi, hi, Charlie murmured, reaching over to squeeze my hand. Everything will be okay. I nodded, then sniffed and pulled my hand away to wipe at my eyes. Sorry, I'm just... I get it. Thankfully, he didn't push me for conversation the rest of the short walk back to the condo building where we both lived. But I felt his gaze on me, as if he was afraid I might have a meltdown on the spot. I was afraid of the same thing. When we reached the condo building, I asked, Can you give me a few minutes to change clothes? Sure. I'll bring the van around. Come down when you're ready. I hurried into the building and gave myself a mental shake while I waited for the elevator. I had too much on my plate to dissolve into tears like some damsel in distress. 
In addition to Anthony's collapse at the Halloween party, I was still reeling over discovering the security footage showing a man climbing out of Elena Padilla's parked car and wiping the handle clean before he walked away. And although less dire, my own dismal employment and financial situation had to be dealt with sooner rather than later. And then there were the secrets I was keeping from Kyle. I touched my temple. No wonder my headache was back. But since none of those issues could be solved at the moment, I tried to push them away when I walked inside my condo. I quickly disrobed, took a one-minute shower, then changed into jeans and a long-sleeve blouse. To add insult to injury, I could barely button my pants and had to lie down on the unmade bed to get them zipped. My late-night cheesecake trysts were catching up with me. Yet one more thing that wasn't going to get better soon, because for the first time since I could remember, it skipped my morning dose of Beltina. On purpose. The image of the paramedic pulling the orange tablet out of Anthony's pocket was seared into my brain. When had he started taking it? I untied the bandana that helped to disguise my appearance when I worked temp jobs, then leaned over at the waist to brush and fluff my flattened hair. I was still getting used to the darker shade of blonde that would require less maintenance. I hoped Kyle wouldn't mind. He'd only known me as a platinum blonde. But as soon as my coffers were restored, I could go back to being high-maintenance me. I didn't have time to apply full-face makeup, but I ran a washcloth over my eyebrows I darkened and reshaped with an eye pencil as part of my disguise. Carlotta. The sales associate at Neiman's had taught me that trick, then brushed on powder blush and grabbed a stick of lip gloss to smooth on in the elevator. I wasn't primping for Charlie. He was, after all, one of the few people who knew me in my dreadful disguise. So why did it give me a little flash of pleasure when I swung up into his van and he gave me an approving smile? Your hair is darker, he said. I buckled my seatbelt. That's right. It suits you. Thanks, I murmured. I'm sorry about your party last night. I know Anthony would say the same if he could. Charlie had been an impressive Romeo next to his friend, Megan's radiant Juliet. That's the last thing either of you should be worried about. Charlie pulled on to the street that led to Peachtree which led to Piedmont Hospital. How do you know, Anthony? He's my roommate, actually. He was my personal assistant when I worked for Traxton. So when you lost your job, he did too. Right. We decided to combine resources. I swallowed a lump of emotion. He's such a good guy. Do the doctors know what happened? Not really. They're calling it a neurological incident. What does that mean? Kyle says it can be anything from passing out to a stroke. But you said he's conscious? And responsive, as of this morning when I left. Hopefully we'll get more answers today. He's young, so that has to be in his favor. I nodded, then pressed my lips together. Charlie frowned. Is there something you're not telling me? Maybe. 
He lifted dark eyebrows and waited. I sighed. It could be nothing. Or? Or... It could be something. I bit into my lip. Can you keep a confidence? He made the turn onto Peachtree Street to travel the last mile or so. You mean like you losing your job and working at the temp agency? The man had a point. I wet my lips. The drug I used to sell was a prescription weight loss medication called Beltina. Never heard of it. Then he smiled, patting his stomach. But then I've never been the type to watch my weight, if you couldn't tell. I frowned. Are you fishing for a compliment or an insult? Compliments only, please. I swept my glance over his sturdy frame. But the image of him naked in the men's locker room overrode the clothed version. You're... not repulsive. Charlie grinned. See? You used to hate me. We've made progress. Anyway... Since I stopped working for Traxton, I've heard rumors that Beltina might have some unreported side effects. And turns out, Anthony was taking it. And you think the drug might have something to do with his collapse? Like I said, it could be nothing. But you told his doctors, right? They know he's taking it. I told one of the paramedics who tended to him. But you told them about the side effects. It's only rumor. He frowned. Don't you think you should raise an alarm? I don't have any proof. Besides, I signed a non-disclosure agreement with Traxton. And if you blow it, they'll never hire you back. I nodded. So, how many other people are taking this drug? Thousands? More like millions. He emitted a low whistle, then flipped on his signal to turn into the hospital entrance. I don't know what to do, I murmured. He was quiet as he steered the van into the 15-minute parking spot, then put the vehicle in park. Yes, you do, Della. You just don't want to do it. I turned my head. It's not that simple. You could do it anonymously. Not really. The FDA has a protocol for reporting problems with prescription drugs online, but it's a trackable form. So, let someone else do it for you. How about your doctor fiancé? It can't involve Kyle for several reasons, plus it would be traced back to me immediately. Then hell, I'll do it if you want me to. Suddenly, I felt crowded. He was injecting himself into my decision, into my life. I unbuckled my seatbelt and opened the door. No thanks. Besides, I'm working that angle already. I lowered myself to the ground. The angle where you pass the buck? At his challenging look, white-hot anger shot through me. He had no right to judge me. I should never have confided in him. I take back that compliment. Thanks for the ride. I slammed the door and stalked toward the hospital entrance.
is Stephanie Bond, author of the Temp Girl Daily Podcast. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer on an upcoming bonus episode, check the show notes for links to reach out on social media. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow for another episode of Temp Girl. And please tell a friend. Thank you.